The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. Praise God. Nor punish us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pitied his children, pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone. And its place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. On those who fear him. And his righteousness to children's children. To such as keep his covenant, and to those who remember his commandments to do them. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts. You, who, you ministers of his who do his pleasure. Bless the, bless the Lord all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Let's bless the Lord this morning. We do thank you, Father, for loving us so much to send Jesus to die on the cross. Thank you, Lord. This last week, in uh, in the email, an email was sent out. Uh, Jim had sent out a prayer request, and I wanted to have him share the testimony of what God has done. Amen. Well, the prayer request was for uh, the prayer request was for custom. Uh, that uh, uh, custody hearing for my oldest son and his uh, wife uh, were having uh, in Rich Radford, Virginia. That's where they live. It's kind of been a long, brutal battle. And uh, 
It's, it's been rough to say the least. Um, and we prayed that truth would be heard and uh, that the judge would rule a just decision. Okay? That was our prayer. And, and really, uh, that, that truth would be heard really started, we started praying along those lines when uh, Big Mike, uh, when I asked him to pray, and he said he would pray the truth would be heard. I sent my son, Matthew, a picture of Big Mike and Buddy. And I said, Get, guess which one is Big Mike? <laughs> so <laughs> they were up here praying, and, and uh, I said, the church is praying for you. And uh, that's, uh, that's a good thing. So the ruling was that my son got full physical custody of all the children, all the minor children, and there's eight of them. All the minor children, he gets full physical custody. Uh, his wife was ordered to get help if she wants to have anything to do with the children. And uh, it was, you know, it's, it, there's no winners in these deals. There just isn't winners. It's a tough, tough deal. And uh, the, the mother... Um, you know, is, is is mentally ill. She simply is mentally ill, and it's empowered by uh, spiritual forces, and it really knows how to attack. They put my son through hell. Uh, my wife, uh, not Linda, but Lori, we were not allowed to see those kids. Uh, Lori never saw about six of her grandchildren in that family. Uh, she was portrayed to them as being evil, uh, to the children as being evil. And if you know Sue Nagel, Laurie and her were first cousins, and they were cut in the same cloth, as kind and po- as it could possibly be. And uh, it just, it just, there was just vengeance there, an attack and brutal. And, and uh, so it's, it's been tough. Uh, so I'm thankful to the Lord for everybody that prayed and for a just decision, because I think it is just. All any of us have ever wanted is for Dawn to get help, because we all knew she needed help, you know. And it'll take a miracle, because she has never admitted fault, you know, never, ever. And uh, so it'll take a miracle, so I'd ask you to pray along those lines. I'm thankful uh, for Linda. Because when I married her, I was pretty broken. I'd lost Laurie and couldn't see a whole bunch of the grandkids. And I'd kind of given up. But I married a prayer warrior. And she started right away praying for those kids and wouldn't let up. And she kind of got me to believe again. Because I'd kind of, I was so hurt. I was so hurt. And really when my first wife died is when Laurie our uh, Matt woke up. My son woke up and said, something ain't right here. Because he had protected his wife, uh, Matt, had for all those years. And he said, something ain't right here. And uh, so, I don't know what else to say except um, I'm very thankful. And I ask you to continue to pray for, for that family. Because it's, it's, it's going to be difficult at best for them. So... And thank you for all your support. But uh, there was a good verdict, I thought, really a a just judge. uh, And uh, 
the the attorney for Matt said we really had a good judge who was willing to listen to the truth, and he uh, assured uh, Matt that uh, you know he was vindicated through this trial by the judge and professionals, and the the attorney wrote that you can thank Jesus. You know, he just wrote, you, you can thank Jesus, you know. And uh, so we'll be together at Christmas probably for the first time, I have, mm, at least 10 years that we'll be together for Christmas. So thank you. Amen. Turn with me to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 16. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So if you know your Bible, if you know Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, God was using him as a, as a prophet to speak to Israel, who was in in uh, uh, all I can think of is bondage. What's the word? Exile. That's the word I'm looking for. They're in exile in Babylon. They'd been there for seventy, about sixty plus years, going to be seventy years. They are that generation that remembered Israel. They remembered Jerusalem had pretty much died off. The, 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 the majority of them had died off. That's God had, was punishing Israel for their disobedience, for their, their lack of following His plan and his, his will and His desire. And He had put them into exile in Babylon. And, and uh, He was speaking through His prophets. It wasn't just Isaiah. He was speaking through a number of prophets. But he, through Isaiah, He said, don't remember the things of old. Don't remember the former things. Why? Why? Because bottom line, there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can change about what happened. You know, we, we spend a lot of time as human beings beating ourselves up for the past. We spend a lot of time uh, causing ourselves to suffer, thinking that if we suffer a little more, if we, if we uh, you know, beat ourselves up a little more, then, then my conscience will be healed. And then maybe, I can, maybe then I can be used by God. But the reality is, is that's not how it works. It's how the mind works. The human mind thinks, if I just beat myself up a little bit more, if I make myself suffer, if I, if I uh, feel bad for another day, then, then God will understand how sorry I really am for being a, a goofball. And that's, that's in the original Greek, goofball. Oh. 
that somehow the mistakes I've made in the past have disqualified me from doing what God's called me to do in the future. And that the reason I'm going through the junk right now, or the reason I'm going through the, the problems and, the, and the, the struggles that I'm going through right now is because I, I have been a, a goofball in the past and, and that somehow I've got to make amends for that. I've got to change that. I've got to do something. I mean, Israel was understanding we're in bondage here. We're in exile. We're being punished for what our forefathers did. They did. They, they were being punished for that. And there is punishment for sin. But the book of Isaiah is in the Old Testament. Things worked different in the Old Testament. People had an opportunity to do something. God told them to do something. God gave them uh, a plan and a purpose for their lives. And then they were given an opportunity to make a decision. They, they were given the opportunity to obey or not obey. And whether they obeyed or not obeyed, then they were either rewarded or they were punished. And that's the way it worked for thousands of years. About 4,000 years, that's the way it worked. God would tell somebody to do something. They had a choice to make the decision to do something or not. They obeyed or they didn't obey. And then they were rewarded or they were punished. That's the way it worked. Over and over and over again. So they're used to that. They're used to getting, getting what they deserve. And they had been getting what they deserved for over 60 years. They had every right to think of the old things. Shoot, I just don't want to make that mistake again. I don't want to blow that again. I don't want to, I don't want to you know, mess this up any worse than I've already done. And God, through the prophet Isaiah, said, forget about the old things. Forget about what happened before. I'm doing something new. When Jesus came on the stage, when Jesus came to the earth and He lived His life and He, he died on the cross and, and, and He rose again, things changed. Because no longer, no longer is anyone who is a member of the family of God disqualified for what they used to do. No one. Nobody has too many strikes against them. Nobody has messed up too much. Nobody has been too big of a goofball. From the Greek, originally. <laughs> Nobody. But you think you have, don't you? As a human being, you think you have. You think you've made too many mistakes. You think you've screwed up too many times. You think, you've, you think there's nothing that's actually going to uh, allow you to walk in the fullness of what God would have wanted for your life had you not been a goofball. And that maybe if I just feel bad long enough, if I, if I beat myself up long enough, and if I, I, uh, I, I slap myself around and I, and I whip myself and I just, you know, I make myself feel really, really bad, that maybe God somehow, someday is going to really go, oh my gosh, you know, he, was, he, he really means it this time. But even if He does, even if God does finally have mercy on you, you still can't be everything that He called you to be. Because you screwed up. You blew it. 
You can't walk in the fullness of what He had for you. I mean, from the beginning. I mean, at the beginning He had that for me. That's what He wanted, but I screwed up so many times. There's no way I can get there. We go through these mental gymnastics and we beat ourselves up and we, we say that we're no longer qualified. And the Holy Spirit is saying this morning, quit thinking about the old things. Quit dwelling on the past. Quit dwelling on what you think you have done and, and have disqualified yourself with. Behold, He's doing a new thing. Your life has gone through many variations, very you know, different levels of, of, of obedience, different levels of trust, different levels of faith. You've been, you've been good at sometimes and bad at others, but this process that you've been through, in the last couple of weeks we've been talking about fighting, about that we need to fight, that we're in a fight. But that fight that we're in is not for you. It's not, the fight you're in is not because, you know, there's something wrong with you. The fight you're in is not because you somehow the fight is to prepare you for what's coming next. Over the last 18 years, (laughs) 18 years, I've been here at River Valley. 18 years. I know. Amen. 16 of them. Well, coming up, this will be, at the end of this will be 17. Next year is 18. I should say that better. 17 at, at this end of this year, 18 next year. We're in our, I'm in my 18th year. God has had different words. How many of you have been here for, since way back when? Since way back when, Pastor Dan Dennison, the first, I think the first year I was here, he said that the word of the year was overcome. No, was it break, breakthrough and increase? That's what it was. Yeah, I know, yeah, breakthrough and increase. The next year was the year of favor. Awesome, wonderful words. Glory to God. Very positive, very, very affirming, excellent, wonderful. And then he turned the church over to me, and I didn't want to do the word of the year. I thought that was dumb. <laughs> did I just say that? I was wait, wait, I just came out with... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, no, that was English right there. That was straight up... I just didn't, I didn't like the concept of the word of the year. I mean, somehow the word of the year. And I still remember that's back when we used to sit on the stage and, and on that first week of January of 2003, I was sitting up there on the stage and, and I'm just thinking, Lord, I'm so glad, you know, just you're, you're so awesome. You, you've brought me to this point. This is really neat. And Lord, what do you want? You know, how do you want me to say what you want this morning? And the Holy Spirit says, the word of the year is. <laughs> And I was, I was like, oh, no, not that, not that. And I thought, okay, well, great. You know, Pastor Dan's was favor and, and breakthrough and increase. You know, okay, Lord, what good word? And he says, the year of stretching. I went, the year of, huh? 
stretching. Okay, well, how many of you like to stretch? I really, <laughs> younger people have no problem. <laughs> I just want to be able to see my toes, let alone touch them, you know. I mean, <laughs> year of stretching. The next year was the year of truth. That's right. Thank you. I was trying to, to remember all the words, that, and I didn't want to. Each year I had, had even less desire to do a year of, and every year he kept giving me words. The year of. The year of stretching, the year of truth. Yes, the year of truth was really tough. That was a tough year because God showed a lot of truth, and we had to deal with some stuff. I know I did. Personally, I just had to deal with a bunch of Here's the truth, and are you going to accept the truth? Are you going to walk in the truth? Or are you going to be disobedient anymore? And then the next year, as the next year was coming up, somebody suggested that we should have the year of stretching the truth. And that... that <laughs> I didn't think that was a good idea. And I think that, that next year was what? Everybody remember? The call. Alignment. Oh, okay. See, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you guys were here. Because... Uh, between the collective mind, you got the list? You have the list? And Barb has the list. Oh, you guys are awesome. I need to get a picture of that. Okay, so alignment. Glory to God. Alignment was what? Aligning to the truth. You can know the truth, and the truth will set you free, but if you don't do the truth, it doesn't make any difference. Then it was the year of the call. That all of, us, all of us are called, every one of us. Not, not just a pastor, not just a, an evangelist, not just, but we're all called. You're all called. Every one of us is called. Every one of us has a plan and purpose for our lives. And fulfilling that plan and purpose is in the middle of God's will. And if you fulfill your call and you walk in your call, then you'll, you'll just, your life will be amazing. It may not be fun, it may not be safe. But it'll be amazing. After the year of call was? Fight. The year of fight. That would have been 2003, 4, 5, 6? 7. 7. You have the dates, two of them? I have definitely got that list. That's awesome. Thank you. So 2007 was the year of fight. And I, now, I remember that year. My mom died that year. That was a fight. That year, there was a number of things. I had medical problems in, the, in 2007. I mean, tough year. For me, it was. And I know many other people walked through things. 2008. Occupy. Occupy. Staying where we... Doing what God has called us to do. The, the, the word, uh, where that word came from is when they asked Jesus, what, what are we supposed to do? And he says, occupy till I return. Occupy means go and do business. That's what the, the, the Greek uh, root of that is, is go and do business. Go and then where it comes in is after the, the, the parable of the talents. The parable of the talents. You've been each given talents. Now do something with it. 2009, time and pressure. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> time and pressure. Did I just hear you say praise God for no more words? <laughs> Good luck with that. <clears throat> 
because I'm leading somewhere. <clears throat> Time and pressure. Time means, okay, here's all this plan. God has a plan for my life. He has a call for my life. And I'm aligning my life to it. And I'm fighting. I mean, we're in a fight. And then, then we think, you know, it would be great if when we fight that it was a two-round fight of three minutes each. Now, that's it. All we had to do was a two-minute fight. No, it's more like a 15-rounder. Or in like some, you know, cage matches, there's no time limit. You just have to win. The year of fight. 2010? That was it. I th- it, it gospel and good, the good news, okay? Well, the good news is the word. And then I heard doctrine. We, we did a whole year of doctrine. Any more? It kind of stopped after that. And, and, oh, that's right. Kingdom. And then there was um, ambassadors was in there. Yeah, but here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have 11, but 12 was ambassadors. 12 was ambassadors. 13 is the kingdom. Kingdom. 14 was doctrine. And 15 was... Who are you? Who are you? Now, it was, did we actually say that? That's interesting. And that was the end. So what was 16? We didn't do it. I know, we didn't do one in 16. We didn't do one for 70. And, there, there, I, and it wasn't just because, and I didn't, I, I sought the Lord, listened, but I, he didn't say this is the, this morning, specific, this morning, he led me to this verse. He led me to this verse. Let me, let me read it again. Because the Holy Spirit led me here. And then he said something to me. Isaiah 43, 16 through 19. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down. They cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So I'm reading that, and I'm praying, and I'm saying, Lord, you know, okay, that's that. I, you know, I don't usually go to Isaiah to get, you know, to, but you know, here we are. He led me to this. So I'm reading this, and I'm meditating on it. My wife even walked through, and she goes, "You are really deep in thought." <laughs> I was because I was like, Lord, what are you saying here? Then he had me do this. He had me go back through a bunch of notes that I've, that I've used this last year. And the last year's uh, week devoted to God, the week devoted to God in, in the first week of January, and we do that every year. That's coming up again this year. It starts December 31st through uh, January 6th, morning, noon, and night. Morning, morning a.m. Uh, prayer, 10 a.m., 2, a, uh, 2 p.m. prayer in the afternoon, 7 o'clock each night we're having a service, and it's, it's a worship time. And, and preaching as the Lord leads. But we were in that, that, one of the first days of that, and the Lord spoke this. He didn't say this is the year of, but as I was meditating on this morning, He said, in retrospect, 2017 was the year of framing. Framing. And this is what the Holy Spirit, and I went back in my notes and I found this. The Holy Spirit said, uh, back in, in uh, January 1st, right around in there, he said, words spoken this week will frame the future. Carefully frame what you see, what you envision, according to the Word. According to the Word, the Word of God, the name of God, he says specifically. 
Don't be afraid to build mightily. Don't be afraid to build grandly. Based completely on the name, on the word. And that's what we did that week. That, that week, those prayer times, those worship times, to me was one of the most powerful times in the spirit I've ever, I've ever had. Praying, speaking the word of God. We, there we prayed stuff out that was just amazing. He said things to me uh, that I even wrote down and didn't, didn't even say out loud, but I wrote some things down that have already came to pass. They came to pass this year, and he's already establishing. He's, he's setting, he has set us in a direction. He set us in a, on a purpose, and we're beginning to fulfill that more and more every day. And this year, uh, this, this uh, week devoted to God coming up from uh, December 31st through January 6th is going to be powerful, folks. I mean, it's going to be powerful. Because we're building upon what he's doing. And so this week, or this, this morning as I'm meditating on this, he said, go back and read those. And I read those through a couple of different times. And that's exactly what we did. We, we framed out, we said things. Some of you as individuals, and I especially thought of you, Susanna. Said things and f- prayed things. That framed our. That frame, that have framed and are framing the future. The days we're walking in, even today. Glory to God. That's what this is about is, is speaking the word of God. You know, we didn't announce at the beginning of the year it was going to be the year of framing. I, I, that wasn't even anywhere in my radar. We just didn't say it. I didn't, not looking for a word. I'm not, I wasn't looking for a word for next year. But the Holy Spirit gave me one this morning. Come back next week. I'll tell you what it is. It's not framing. That was 2017. Now, I'm going to read you something. Then he led me here. This is, this was, to, to, Deb, Deb walked in, are you, you are really, I'm like, yeah, because what he's saying to me is like really weird. He had me go to this, uh, how many of you, uh, and I'm, I'm sorry that I'm going to use a word here that you don't necessarily usually hear in church. Sometimes you hear it in this church, but not, not in most churches you go to, but it's actually referencing the name of a book. There was a book written by a, by a man uh, by the name of uh, Rourke Denver. Anybody ever heard of Rourke Denver? Anybody know who Rourke Denver is? Rourke Denver was the commandant of the SEALs, the Navy SEALs. He's the one who developed the SEALs program. And he wrote a book. He's written a number of books about leadership and, 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 uh, and, and uh leading men developing warriors and one of the books that he wrote was called damn few meaning there's very few people who make it through the training to get to the place where they're a seal where they become a seal so i've had these quotes in my in my notebook for for years and i keep thinking i'm gonna i'm gonna erase them because you know what are they there for i keep running into these these quotes and every time I'm about to race them, the Holy Spirit says, leave them up there. Leave them in there. So I, I, uh, this morning I was reading this, uh, these quotes, and this is, this is what I read. 
But there's a tenant that lies at the core of this that really could save the young, li- young warrior's life. You have to be willing to do more than the minimum. You have to be willing to sacrifice your rest and your free time to constantly improve. If you know anything about the SEALs, or if you know anything about Bud's Week, Bud's Week, they, they beat the living tar out of them. They, they, they make them exercise. They make them run. They don't let them sleep very much. They, they literally pound them. And these are, these are not just anybody who even makes it to that level. They have to be accepted. They have to apply and accept. They have to be the best of the best. They have to be the stellar uh, servicemen in the Navy. They can't just get there because, you know, it's my turn. They get there because they've qualified. And then they take those qualifiers. And I don't know how many, uh, I, I have to reread the book again because he describes, the whole book is describing how they developed it and why they developed it and what they built into it. And he, he, they take, say, say there's a hundred men. I don't know. I, I, you know. If somebody knows, tell me real quick. I think they start with like a hundred men. Out of a hundred people, out of a hundred men, and these are the best of the best, usually about eight, eight survive. The, t- the, the training. Six? Who said that? Dick. So you've heard six. I knew it's a very small number. It's under ten. They quit. That's a gr- Thank you for that segue. Perfect segue. On the first day of Bud's Week, first day of Bud's, they're all standing in formation. All of the, all the instructors come and line up. They're standing next to the ocean. That's where, they, that's where it starts out. And the first thing they do is they wheel out this cart, and on the cart is a bell. And that bell follows them everywhere they go for the next ten weeks. And there's only one way for you to make it through. Bud's Week is you don't ring that bell. And you might think, well, what's the big deal? I won't ring the bell. No, no, no. They tell you, okay, let's go. We're going to go for a run. And they go for a run. They go for a 10-mile run. Then they come back. We're going to start doing calisthenics. They start doing push-ups. This is too easy. Now, go out in the ocean and start doing push-ups. It's cold. It's 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning. Now, get back up. Now, we're going to start doing sit-ups. No, it's too easy. Get in the sand. Roll around for a little bit. They call them, they call them sand cookies. Lay in the sand. Roll around. Now start doing sit-ups. Now, see that big log over there? Five of you go over and pick up that big log and start running on the, on the ocean, running on the, on the seashore as a team. Now, stop. Now lift it above your head. Now put it on your right shoulder. Now lift it on your head. Now, that goes on for hours and hours and hours and hours. He said that, that in that book, he says that there are some of those men when they see the bell, and they know, they know what's coming. Everybody knows. Everybody's heard what happens during, during Bud's Week. There are some men who actually walk up and ring the bell before anything starts. And they're free to go. No, they don't get a, a you know, there's no, a lot of people, every, almost everybody quits. So, I mean, there's no shame in quitting. Unless you want to be a SEAL. 
the things that God has brought you through, the things that you've experienced in your life, like we've been talking the last couple of weeks, have been trying to kill you. They've been trying to make you quit. They've been things that, that are, there's attacks from the outside. There's attacks from the world. There's attacks from the devil. There's attacks from, you know, and they're trying to make you quit. Why? Because you're called. You're called. You're called to the most elite fighting team in the universe. The kingdom of God. I'm not trying to be melodramatic. I can't, I can't be as expressive as I should be. Because everything is trying to make you quit. And, and the instructors don't make it easy. Because everywhere you go, they wheel the bell. They bring it to you. Here, I'll bring the bell to you. It's easy. Just reach up and grab it. Just, re- just reach up and ring it. Just quit. And they're yelling at them while they're doing push-ups. Just quit. You're not going to make it. You're not going to... The instructors are doing this to them. I've seen thousands of men come through here. You're not going to make it. Quit. Quit now. Quit now. Save yourself. There's warm tea, There's warm tea in, the, in the bunkhouse. Your bed is ready for you. You don't have to do another push-up. Just quit. Just stop. And it's not fair. I mean, whatever you can possibly do... There are, in the book, they talk about the weeks that follow. They, it doesn't get any better. It actually gets worse. There's one training where they take them to the end of a pier out in the Pacific Ocean, and they throw them off tied up. And they have to keep floating. If they have to be saved, they're out. If somebody has to dive in and save them, they're out. They said the water is so cold and their temperature drops so much that they have figured out over the years the moment before someone's going to die. And they push them right to that edge. Over the last few years, many of you have felt like you've gone past the edge. But you haven't. But you haven't. Glory to God. You haven't. And you haven't quit. And you're not going to quit. You don't make it this far and then go, well, okay, I quit. Because the farther you get, the tougher you get. And I know you. I know most of you very, very well. You are some of the toughest people I know. You've been, some, you've been through some of the, the hardest trials of anyone I know. And you're still standing. Now, you're, not, you're barely standing, okay? You're barely, you're barely going to make it. We know right where the, the edge is close, but you're not going to quit. Why? Because you know who you are. It's not fair. Things will happen that are absolutely not fair. Here's another quote. Fairness is an irrelevant concept in war. Messing with, and I, I, changed, I changed the word. I can say the name of the title in, in a sermon, but I can't say the word that actually is there. Hopefully I didn't miss up and give you, oh, nope, it says messing, good. There's a, there's a different word that's there. Use your imagination. Uh, 
messing with the trainee's expectations, forcing them to deal with failure, irrationality, and unpredictability is a vital part of the training of SEALs. Things won't be fair on the real-life battlefield where the stakes are infinitely higher. What you've gone through is not fair. You've been hurt in every way, many of you, every way possible. You think it is not fair that I've had to put up with this. Things have happened to you that have absolutely felt like they're so unfair. Why would I stay one more second? Why would I stay one more second, Gwen? Why? Why would you stay one more second? It's time to quit. Why don't you quit, Gwen? Right over there is the bell. Go ring the bell. But you're tougher than nails. She's tougher than nails. She's scary tough. (laughs) The things we've walked together in over these past years has been preparing us for what's next. A number of years ago, at least over one, maybe just short of two, I don't remember, somebody might have it in their Bible, if if you have it marked down. (laughs) The Holy Spirit told me, he he said, stop saying the revival is coming. And say, the revival has started. The revival is here. And I had to change. It was right in the middle of a sermon. I was going to say, the, you know, the, the revival is coming. No, the revival is not coming. The revival is here. It's been here for, it's been happening. Our lives have been changing. Now we have, you know, the, the, the explosion. We haven't seen, you know, masses. We haven't seen, you know, who cares? I don't care about that. I know that in you, the revival has started. And I know in you, the revival has started. And I know in you, the revival has started. I know, I know the revival has started. I, I can hear it in your voice. I can hear what you're believing for. I can hear what you're standing on. Glory to God, Jim. Glory to God. Praise God that the Holy Spirit brought you and Linda here. Because the revival's in you. And, and everything's been causing you to want to quit, hasn't it? Everything. And even when it's not fair. It's not fair the things you've had to put up with. But glory to God, you haven't quit. Glory to God, you haven't stopped. He is able to complete what He has started. Isaiah 43:16 Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea a path in the mighty waters who brings forth chariot and horse army and warrior they lie down they cannot rise they are extinguished quenched like a wick it doesn't matter what the world throws at you it doesn't matter what the attack is you will win the the, the battle you will you have won You are winning, and you will continue to win. Did I hit all of the tenses? Because the training, the thing, what you've been going through (laughs) is training for the what's 
going to happen next. Because what's going to happen next is the fight. The real fight, the big fight, is beginning. The word I heard this morning as I was reading through all of this and praying, going, Lord, what is, what is this sermon going to be about? This is crazy stuff, man. I'm even quoting this book. What in the world is... And the Holy Spirit says, he put one word in my heart, engage. 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 That word engage. For you uh, science... Sci-fi friends, you know, uh, sci-fi folks. Remember uh, Picard. Whenever the uh, whenever the, the the Enterprise would be ready to go, they have all this. They have this hold this machine called uh, the Enterprise, you know, and and it, it can go ten times the speed of light, and it's got all this power, and it has the dilithium crystals that are powering this whole thing, and it. See, I can tell all the, all the geeks because they're going, he's saying the right things. He knows what he's talking about. The rest of you are going, what the world is he talking about? <laughs> Trust me here. This thing has power. It can go across the universe at light, you know, 10 times the speed of light. But when every time they're always sitting still and he'll say, engage. I used to get goosebumps every time he said that. I just... <laughs> Engage. So I have to admit, when I heard the Holy Spirit said that, I, I immediately saw Picard. Engage. <laughs> I was like, yes, I love that word. I finally get to use a great word. Glory to God. It's time to start. It's time to begin. We've been training. We've been getting ready. Next year, it's going to be fun. I'm telling you folks, next year is going to be fun. It's going to be a blast. We are going, you're going to see things daily that you'll go, I have been waiting for this for years. You've been waiting for this for years. Engage, though, is also a word that means it's, you, you engage the enemy. When you engage the enemy, there's a fight. There is going to be a fight. But here's the thing. You guys are special forces. Holy Spirit said that to me years ago. I was driving, and I was praying. I was talking to a guy. We were, we, it was this other guy and I. Where we, were, we were driving and praying. And we were having this conversation, prayer, whatever you want to call it. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says to my heart, this church is special forces. Not, there's nothing wrong with regular army. There's nothing wrong with regular navy. There's nothing wrong with any, any branch of service. Everybody has their part to play. This church, though, he said to me, was special forces, which means the elite of the elite, which is absolutely the coolest thing ever because when I look at you, I don't see elite. <laughs> If I was purely looking at the outside, okay? 
I get the same feeling when I look at myself in the mirror going, really? That's the best you got right there, God? That's it? That's that? I'm? And he goes, it's not what it looks like. doesn't matter what it looks like. doesn't matter what you look like. doesn't matter what your life has looked like. You're in at the right time. You're in at the right time. You're in at the right time. And you haven't quit. But we're going to engage the enemy at a, at a level you've, you've uh, probably never thought was possible. But here's the deal. When special forces goes in, they win. <laughs> they win. It's a fight. It's a fight. But they win. Why? Because they're the best of the best. We're going to experience things this next year that are going to be really, really fun because we're going to get into some fights. Not with each other. But with the enemy. We're going to get into some fights with the enemy and we're going to win. And we're going to win big and we're going to... oh. I'm telling you, folks, we are taking ground this next year. This next year, you will take ground for the kingdom of God. You will take ground. We will take ground. You will take ground in your family's life, your personal life, your financial life. You will take ground this year. It's going to be a fight, and there's still going to be a fight. They're still going to try to make you quit, but you keep fighting, and you will see exponential movement forward in your personal life and in this church's life. It's time to fight. It's time to move. Let's go, folks. This is what we were trained for. This is who we're called. It's the time. It's the day. It's the hour. It is the fight. It's time to engage. John. Amen. I'm not sure how to follow that up, but the scripture that comes to mind is... In Matthew 11, and it says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. The Holy Spirit said, Someone was going to read that this morning. Glory to God. Testify. So, <laughs> we're. We're gentle and kind people, but we're also violent people when it comes to the kingdom of heaven. We're going we're to take it by force. So, praise God for that. Vern, do you want to come up and share about the, uh, the uh, great things we're hearing about the uh, outreach that you've got going on? Actually, it's our, our outreach. Amen? Amen. Uh, where we're at we, last uh, Sunday when I got up, there was over eighteen hundred dollars that was given into the into the funds for the families. Yeah. And as I come in the foyer, another man just handed me a check and said, uh, "Would you make sure this gets in?" And I give it to the usher. But uh, after I spoke on Mon- on Sunday last week, uh, Monday night we were on the street again in the same area. And uh, I seen, me and Mary seen a young lady walking down the street with like a seven and a five-year-old. And so I approached them and started talking to them. And they had broken English. And I, right away, I didn't ask what country they were from. And a car pulled up and an older lady got out with a patch on her eye. She just had eye surgery. And another uh, young lady was with her. And it was a mother 
and another daughter of the person that had the two kids. And they're from Egypt. So they invite us into the house and the persecution they had in Egypt, you couldn't comprehend. They're here in America because they needed to come here to survive. And we're in the house sitting in the front room and the mother gets up, she's got a patch over her eye and they start feeding us. And they got pictures of Christ and the Virgin Mary all over the walls. But what happens next in a sense of being in there with them it was like a blanket fell on us, and it was love. And I can say to you, even the little kids had it. And they were talking to us. And the love that come out of them towards us can only be uh, uh, related to agape, the God kind of love. And again, they're asking and talking to us, but you tell me, isn't that the way the body of Christ is supposed to work? That's us. And they're talking to us, and the older lady uh, is talking to us, and, and the little kids are looking at us, and basically it's all about the love of God. In the Old Testament, it talks about they're, they're by a river, and the river is the anointing, and some go in ankle deep, some go into knee deep, and some go into waist deep. And when he's talked about the rivers of water, this church is called to swim in that river. We're called to swim in love. We're called to, to live in the anointing of love, to walk in it, to generate it. You don't want to know why? It will have influence in the community. We're all about influence. Influence the God kind of influence, the heavenly kind of influence. Because if we step into that river and we make a decision to swim in it, we'll miss nothing. I'm soaked in it. And so should you be, because in that river, all the attributes of Galatians chapter 5, when it says, now the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, kindness, against such there is no law. If you're afraid to get into love, you're walking in some kind of law. And it won't be God's law. The law of love gives, the law of love reaches out, and it starts right here with the, the pastor and this anointing that's on this church. And I agree with John. We're walking into something that's far above what we can do because all things are possible with God. He's asking us to the impossible with us, to the possible through Him. And this type of outreach to these people who see the love of God coming from River Valley Christian Church it has to do with us in Christ. What we represent is the kingdom of God. We had a year of teaching on ambassadors. The first thing an ambassador does is he represents the kingdom that he's going out from. And that kingdom is love. That kingdom is all the power that comes from heaven. As far as my Bible reads, it says you're the temple of God. Not this building, you personally are the temple. That means you got a thing with God that he's going to dwell in you, and out of you should come to things that represent the kingdom of God. 
If we look at swimming in this river in 2018, that means we're walking in the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost has got the ability to work in this church so that we stand out uh, in this community and everybody says that church is a God-loving, kind, power, crazy bunch of people for Christ. (laughs) And that's what I want to be noted for. I'm hung around criminals that were crazy for the world. It's different to come in here and Pastor John says we're, we're uh, special ops. We're, the reason we're special is because of what Jesus did for us. Amen. The Bible says we're peculiar people. The Bible says we need to stand out and stand out in 2018 and at these mi- meetings at the beginning of the year, it's going to mean power. I sit at home and I think about this. I want all the power you can give. One day I walked into a, a 7-Eleven and they had a, 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 a National Enquirer magazine and the headline was, Teacher, or Preacher Blows Up Because of the Anointing. And I thought that would, should be, well, I want to be that guy. <laughs> oh, God, if you can, where we're going this next year, in the leadership here, by the people that have been ca- called in here, we got a job to do, in a sense, doing it by love. But again, on the other side, to, to, you know, we're do- we need to do it with, with the power of God. That means the anointing of God. Not afraid of the Holy Spirit to come in here and... I, this is what I had. I said, Mary, I said, one of these days I'm going to get up and roll all over in the floor in the sanctuary. I had just gotten saved. I went into church and people were rolling on the floor and I thought they were nuts. I'm not joking. I said, what, what, are, they, what are they on? They're on the Holy Ghost. It's a Holy Ghost year. It's Holy Ghost time for us to keep reaching out. And if you want to give today, you can give into the Christmas fund. And it's going to touch people's hearts. Because the more we outreach, the more we're God. Go. Go. Where to go? Here, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. And I believe what Pastor John has called from this pulpit is the absolute truth of God that's going to propel us. I'm a believer, not a doubter. I'm a believer, not a doubter. And we need to get in line and march in line and get behind the leadership because where the leadership is taking us is because the Holy Ghost is guiding them. And we should have a lot of fire when we come in here and expect the most out of the pastorship and the gifts of the Spirit because we need to give that, give that right away to the Holy Ghost. I mean, I'm talking, this, this lady's in her 60, and she starts feeding us in the house there, and I'm thinking, God. I got in the car, I almost start crying because of the love them women had for us, and we had for them. It's the same type of love that generates from the pulpit here to you and from you back to the pastor and to the speakers that are up here. It's about the love of God generating totally in this, this, this holy communion that's going on here every Sunday. The communion is with us and the Holy Spirit. Because what He wants to do is generate everything to the glory of Christ. And so should we, because we're Christians we're different than the world. We've got a call that's different. We look different. We act different because we're Christians. 
and we're going to do it together. And 2018 is a year of grabbing, holding, and conquering more land and winning more souls in Jesus' name. Thank you.